Free Spirit Academy is about the freedom to be fully yourself beyond any trauma that may have been accumulated through our families, religions, education systems, cultural conditioning, and beyond. Our bodies hold our trauma, but they also hold our truth. My name is Randy Moss. I practice eating psychology coaching and somatic experiencing, and I'm grateful that you're here for these talks and conversations. Hi, friends. Last week, I shared the intro to my 30-day program, Coming Home to Your Body, and today I'm sharing the first full class of that course, as well as a coupon code for 50% off this course in the month of August. All of that will be in the show notes, and thank you for listening. There's a lot of talk about presence and mindfulness and different ways of approaching mindfulness practices or being more here in our bodies and in our lives. And a massive struggle that I had was that every time I tried to be present, I just felt panicked or I felt crazy. I would try to stop focusing on my thoughts and to be more in the moment, but I didn't know where else to put my focus. So much of my life was spent thinking about my body and trying to find ways to control my body because I didn't know how to be in my body. The present moment didn't feel safe. And that feeling of a lack of safety was happening in my body because most of the time, if I would had taken a look around, I wasn't in immediate danger. Nobody was chasing me. Nobody was threatening me. But my body was reacting as though something was very wrong and very scary. And in my case, a long period of that had led to, more often than not, feeling numb or disconnected. So trying to shift my focus from my thoughts, even to focus on my breathing, it felt hollow, it felt confusing, or it felt scary, and I didn't know why. I want to start with an invitation that I'll be offering a lot, and that is... I would love for you to just feel your feet on the floor or the couch or the chair or whatever surface that they're on. Just feeling your feet. And if you're sitting, feeling your body on the surface of whatever you're touching. So any part of you that's touching a surface, just notice that contact. Feel your feet, feel the surface of your body. And now as you're doing that, start to take a slow, slow, slow look around the room, just letting your head and your neck and your eyes turn to take in your space. And let your eyes rest on one object at a time, just seeing if you can really take that in before moving on. And can you still feel your feet on the floor as you're doing this? Keep looking. Keep feeling. All we're doing here is just orienting our attention to the environment. 
and I'll be talking a lot about this moving forward and the purpose of it. But for now, as I talk, see how connected you can stay to what you're seeing and the surface that you're touching with your body, even if it's just every once in a while you check in. This program is about coming home to our bodies in part because our bodies hold information. And when I talk about freedom and this being Free Spirit Academy, I just mean the ability to be fully yourself. And that's not an end goal. There's not one day that you wake up and you're like, I'm fully myself now and I'm done or I'm, I'm enlightened. I have finished. I have won. It's, it's also a process of becoming and a process of first seeing all of the ways that we're conditioned not to be ourselves and tending to those wounds, and then a process of blossoming and growth. Our bodies are storehouses of information about both our trauma and our truth. Our bodies can be helpful guides to feeling more free and feeling more real, but we have to be able to feel. And to feel, we need to feel safe enough. I created this program because I have found that information and education about how the body works is so important. I think a lot of mindfulness techniques, etc., and things, things like that can be a bit dumbed down. Um, and, and we're not often given the reasons why we're doing them or they're just too simple. And I think there's a lot of room for clarity and practicality in the healing world or the spiritual world or the growth worlds. So with that, our primary focus is going to be the body and more specifically, the autonomic nervous system, which runs through our entire body. I found that the more we not only understand mentally, but have an embodied understanding, have an actual experience of what we'll be talking about the more interesting it becomes. At least that is very much what I have found for myself. And my hope is that I can lay this out in a way that's clear and straightforward and useful and truly supports freedom for all of us. So feel free to bring your attention to the illustration in the notes. It's likely going to be really helpful as we move forward and discuss the nervous system. So the nervous system has several branches and the one we're going to focus on is our autonomic nervous system. This branch is responsible for everything our body does automatically. So digestion and heart rate, breathing rate, tissue regeneration and healing. It can be one of the reasons why we might be doing everything right dietarily or on our healing path, but still struggle with these areas. In addition to the automatic responses, it is responsible, or rather in addition to these automatic responses, it's responsible for our survival responses. So fight, flight, freeze. I know people have added a lot more Fs to that, but we'll just stay with those. These are what keep us safe when we're in danger. Lastly, it's responsibility, or it's, it's responsible for our ability to connect. So connect with people, animals, the world around us. This is important for many reasons, but one is for understanding the areas where we feel stuck or on autopilot. And of course, autopilot can be great, but where we feel stuck, we can tend to repeat cycles that hurt and we can't figure out why. 
we make choices that ultimately hurt and it can feel mystifying and we might do the same things over and over and we're not really sure why and we can't get out of the cycle. Understanding this part of our nervous system is important because it is actually something we can learn to sense and feel and observe. And through learning to sense and feel and observe, we can change. Now, let's talk about the autonomic nervous system in a little more detail. We have our sympathetic nervous system, which is our alertness and our spark. And and I'm starting with that description because we often hear it talked about in negative terms as if we just need to turn off our sympathetic nervous system response to reduce stress. But we do need this system. We just don't need it to be as active as it often is for many of us. So we have the sympathetic nervous system, and then we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what slows us down. And this system does this in two ways. We can either be relaxed and able to socially connect. This is one part of the parasympathetic. Or we can be in shutdown, frozen, or in shock. That's the other part of the parasympathetic. And as I'm sure that you can see just hearing those descriptions, these are quite different. Our social engagement system is the most evolved part of our nervous system. It's unique to us as mammals. It gives us the ability to connect and love. And this is important. It's the state we need to be in to learn and grow. So I hear people talk about like in the sort of spiritual growth world that you need to be able to choose love and not fear or that we only grow in a state of love. And I, I think that this is the state that they're talking about. Another word for love perhaps being safety. We need a sense of safety within our mind-body system. We can contrast this with the equally important but slightly less evolved fight-flight nervous system. You'll experience this when you feel that you're in danger, your heart rate goes up, your adrenaline increases. And what's important to see with this is that it's not just maybe a scenario where you're walking down a dark alley and you have to have your guard up. The same system is what engages when we feel emotionally threatened. When we are babies or small children and we're not heard or we're shamed. Whether emotional or physical, it's the same stress response that engages in an attempt to keep us safe. Now, lastly, the least evolved parts of our nervous system is the parasympathetic version that puts us into immobility or shock or shutdown. This would be the state that allows bears to hibernate and conserve their energy or to put us into shock if we get hurt uh, or to conserve our energy. Now, another thing that can happen if this system gets turned on a lot is that we can become disengaged and have a hard time connecting when we want to, because it is a conservation mode. You might have heard folks talk about fight, flight, and freeze. I'm sure that I've mentioned that right at the top of this. So if shutdown is collapsing or going limp, freeze is freezing. It's a stiffening up. Freeze is the combination of that sympathetic arousal plus this shutdown. So it's a fight-flight in combination with immobilization. And to offer an example, and you'll notice throughout these programs that I'm going to share a lot about my own life. 
I'm somebody that learns a lot from stories, so I like to share a bit of what I've been through to hopefully make it more concrete. So to offer an example, I, for a very long time, lived in a state where I talked, I talked in the beginning about trying to be present. I, I was somebody who didn't really feel wild swings of emotion. Um, in fact, I didn't really feel much at all. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we were long distance for the first couple years of our relationship. And we, we'd say goodbye and she would always cry. And I just wouldn't. It was really even keeled, never really angry, never deeply sad, but also just kind of apathetic. And because I had no connection to my deep sadness, I had no real rich joy either. No connection to my healthy anger also meant no passion for much of anything. It was all just kind of meh, like not really impressed with much. What I did feel was lackluster and on autopilot, repeating the same coping mechanisms again and again. And I felt kind of crazy because I knew I should be feeling more than I was. And this led to all sorts of extremes, months, literal months of juice fasting binge eating, um, activities that would spike my adrenaline, like skydiving and bungee jumping and inflicting all sorts of purposeful pain on myself just to feel something. So much was extreme. And while a lot of this isn't bad, there are times and places for things and some of us are drawn to intensity and there is truth in that for me too. But A love or enjoyment of intensity is quite different from using extremes to feel something. I was very much in what's called a functional freeze state where on the surface, you probably would have maybe thought I was fine. But internally, I was in this conservation mode with all of the fight flight energy just tucked inside, stored inside, like having the gas on and the brake on at the same time, which is exhausting to the body over time. In this state, we're low on oxygen and healthy nervous system regulation that we need for basic organ function and hormonal sleep, metabolic health, and also our ability to be creative and active and inspired. One reason that beginning to slow down and feel our bodies is such a challenge is that many of us have this backlog of stored survival energy in our system. We might think slowing down should mean that I'm calm and relaxed, and sometimes that's true. Or maybe it means that you can't sit still for long without grabbing your phone or turning on the TV or eating there can be a sense that once we really slow down and feel in, there's a lot in there. So whether you're in a frozen state, as and this was me as I got into this sort of work, and it will take time to melt and feel what else is going on, or whether your stored fight-flight energy is right at the surface, um, this is incredibly impactful work. So... Let's take a moment to talk about being mammals that get traumatized. So a gazelle, for example, could be grazing in a parasympathetic nervous system. 
parasympathetic nervous system state, and it might notice an unusual sound. So slight sympathetic response, little ears perk up. Maybe it sees a cheetah and it bolts into a run, ramping up into this full sympathetic response. And let's say they escape. And with a little time and some natural body shaking, they'll be completely untraumatized. So what is going on here? Well, the gazelle is completely embodied in their sensations. They don't have a story to tell about you like, oh my gosh, I almost got eaten by a cheetah today and on and on recounting how awful the experience was. They also don't have the ability to make the chase mean that they were weak or not good at staying out of sight. So they don't go into any shame. They're just in their bodies. And once the threat is gone, they are right into feeling and allowing for the stress response to move through their bodies and complete itself. We humans, on the other hand, can hang on to this stress. And instead of being in our bodily sensations, which feel very dangerous because they were alerting us to danger, we're able to go up into our heads to analyze how we can keep ourselves safe. And we'll start living in the past, rethinking about what's happened and thinking about the future and how we can keep things from happening again, or perhaps taking on belief systems about ourselves that keep us in that state of stress. And this can be great about us. Our thinking, planning mind can be very useful and help us learn from what we've been through. But if we're living with low or high level survival energy in our bodies, our, our minds are only so clear and useful. We may think of trauma as just something that's horrific or dramatic or abusive, but trauma for our purposes here is anything that activates our fight, flight, freeze states that we don't fully come out of. And that could be a car accident or obvious physical abuse or something as seemingly simple as being told chronically that you're too sensitive when you're a young person. Anything, of course, that puts us in physical danger, but also what we perceive as emotional danger. And particularly as children, where we need the love and acceptance of our parents to stay alive and to go through all of the developmental phases that we need to go through. Any part of our natural expression that we have to learn to alter is also a stressor. It gets stored in the body. And that's not to say that some trauma isn't far worse than others. Of course it is. But there's a lot that's considered normal that can have a massive impact on our lives long term. So back to the animal. Let's say the gazelle got caught by the cheetah. When the gazelle's body automatically does go into a state of freeze, it's doing so or what, what the gazelle's body does is it goes into this state of freeze so it doesn't have to feel the kill. So we can see that this frozen state is the height of the stress response. The gazelle goes totally limp and essentially plays dead. If there is a stray moment to do so, it can shift out of freeze in an instant and run away, bound away. Humans with our stories and disconnection from our bodies can stay in this state. So 
in the very beginning when we were talking about not feeling safe in the body, this is why. Every time we experience a stress or a trauma, as in just anything that activates the stress response in our nervous system and it doesn't complete itself, it doesn't get fully processed, our stress didn't rise and fall like the gazelle because our human minds have the capacity for being in more than just this moment and reach for control by thinking about the past and the future. And because on the whole, our reactions to trauma anger, tears were often not okay for many of us when we were young. Because of all of these things, these stress responses get stored. So we constantly feel unsafe or emotional in a way that's not actually reflective of what's going on in the present. Now, again, none of these parts of the nervous system, the the parasympathetic or the sympathetic are bad. They all have their place. And what we want is to be able to have resilience, to be able to experience stress or pressure and have our system go into a necessary sympathetic response and to be able to come down from that response to the right degree at the right time. That is healthy. To be able to ebb and flow, not to be at peace all the time, but to have the right parts on and the right parts off at the right times. So when I refer to a regulated nervous system moving forward, this is what I mean. What's not healthy is, for example, what I described earlier, being stuck in a very low conservation or freeze state. And we can also get stuck in very high fight or flight states. Stress is not bad. It is through stress and friction that we have the potential to grow. But this can only happen with a well-regulated nervous system and the ability to feel and sense it within our bodies. And if we don't have this skill, then whatever de-stressing or mindfulness practices we have, yoga or meditation, etc., they can end up just being overly triggering or just moments of checking out, which we sometimes need that. That's fine. But there's no effectiveness or magic in any practice unless we're able to embody what comes up in the practice. And in a worst case scenario, our practices can become ways of dissociating. Like like really intense breath work, for example, can sometimes stress the system out beyond capacity and put us into a state of freeze if we don't know how to embody the stress it triggers and allow for the stress response to come down. And I think what so many people are experiencing that feels so high and so good may very well just be that state of freeze, which feels kind of dreamy and and better than constantly being in fight-flight mode. I'm getting a little bit distracted. So this work underlies everything because we take our bodies everywhere with us into everything we do and every practice. It has the potential, this sort of nervous system work, to make our physical practices and our spiritual practices more useful and more effective. And it makes real change in our lives possible. It makes embodying who we really are rather than running on the programs of who we were taught to be a possibility. So with that, I will leave you until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more updates on course, 
courses, classes, one-on-one mentorships, and more, go to randymoss.com, R-A-N-D-E-M-O-S-S.com. And thank you so much for listening.